0: Welcome to Spiritual Shit, your guide to the down and dirty of modern spirituality. This podcast is a place for people wanting to discover more about spirituality, where we can get weird about ghosts, mediumship, psychics, aliens, religion, new age stuff, awakening, ascension, star seeds, channeling, philosophy, and even dating. Some shows will be just me rambling about my mystical experiences and discoveries and other shows will have guests to open up new perspectives and views. I hope you'll join me on this journey as we discuss and open up what spirituality in today's world really looks like. Remember to like and subscribe to never miss an episode and hit me up at thelovelyleah.com or at thelovelyleah on Instagram so we can connect. I'd love to give you an invitation to my newest program, The Path, an empath's course towards turning inward. My online coaching program is designed to help you heal your wounds, deepen your intuition, overcome your fears, understand your sensitivities and connect you to the universe. It starts September 6th, Sundays at 10 AM CST. It's a three month program, three weeks each month with three one-on-one private energy coaching sessions via zoom. A Facebook community group will be where we have our weekly resources and practices to implement and deepen your learning. For more info, go to the slash course. And don't forget to sign up to be a Patreon to get Exclusive access to my solo episodes every Thursday and behind the scenes goodies and extras to come. Go to patreon.com slash the lovely Leah to sign up. Cassie Yule is an artist, author, empath, and the lead goddess of her business, Zendout, which she created with the mission to build a brand that normalizes spirituality. It is her goal to offer accessible information to enable you to understand a variety of spiritual practices and then put them into action. Inspired by her open minded grandmother, Cassie has been meditating and working with her energy since her teenage years. In 2012, she expanded her spiritual practice by receiving her 200 hour yoga teacher training license. She continues to explore and grow her spiritual knowledge and share ways for you to deepen yours. Through Zendout, Cassie has self published her best selling goddess discovery books and oracle card decks, the Ritual Deck. She is adding three new books to her collection that launched September of 2020 on crystals, auras, and chakras, and she provides an abundance of free content and printable tools at her blog, slash blog. Please welcome Cassie to the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Spiritual Shit. I'm your host, Aaliyah Lovely. And today we are talking about all things fun in my world. Crystals, auras, chakras, and we're speaking with Cassie Ohl. How you doing, Cassie? I'm awesome. How are you, Aaliyah? I'm amazing. Um, I'm just really excited to talk to you and talk to our audience about Zend out, which is your store where you have ritual decks, goddess discovery books. You have uh, some new books coming out, understanding the chakras, auras, and crystals, and you sell crystals as well. Like you're, you're just kind of, this is like a little magical store that I want to, <laughs> I want to play in. <laughs> um, so before we get started um, I would love to give our audience just a little bit of uh, a background check on like who you are and what got you to this point in your life where you you become so interested and an expert at these topics?
1: Yeah, I'd love to talk about that. So um, my journey started when I was pretty young. Um, I had a grandmother that was astrology obsessed and just very in tune with um, the spiritual world. And man, I just latched onto that when I was a little one and um, she would give me books, and I just absorbed them and I mean, from a young age, I was you know holed up in my room, meditating, playing with the energy in between my hands, beg my sister to stand in front of my wall so I could like see her aura or practicing auras and um you know my practice, my spiritual practice, and how involved I was in it has waxed and waxed and waned over the years, but um it's always been a constant and now that it's like my career I'm just like I'm overjoyed I when I think about my path as far as like it being a career it's um it it took a lot of twists and twists and turns Mm -hmm. I was a teacher for a while um and then I just started making spiritual jewelry with my business and now I'm like kind of circling back to like my art my artistic roots and Mm -hmm. I spent a lot of writing and creating art and Tools um, for people to, you know, be their own, be their own mystical seers and leaders, and you know, learn how to tune into their intuition on their own. Cool,
0: that's amazing. Um, Like my personal journey, everybody already knows about, so I'm not going to talk about it right now. But, (laughs) um, but my personal journey with crystals in particular, um, I've always been super, super drawn to them, and I know a lot of our um, listeners, like it's a, it's a point of interest for them for sure. Um, can you give a little bit of a like explanation of why crystals work the way that they do? Why are people drawn to them and why do they utilize them for healing?
1: Yeah. Um, so I, it's a layered, there are layered reasons why crystals, why people like to work with crystals and why crystals work and why crystals can be used as a healing tool at a base level like for the skeptics out there, the way I like to explain crystal energy um, or working with crystals is as an intention setting tool, um, which can really work for almost anything. But um, because crystals are so popular, crystals are beautiful. They have all these different meanings and purposes. You know, for example, if you were trying to bring more self-love into your life, you might decide to work with rose quartz because rose quartz, Embodies this feeling of self love. And so, even if you don't believe that that piece of rose quartz inherently has the ability to heal you or offer you more love, it's the intention behind it that you are associating with that stone that is going to remind you to act more loving to, towards yourself. So, if you place mm-hmm. it on your altar, if you wear it in your pocket, if you wear it on a necklace, it's a reminder of your intention that you set to. Mm-hmm. Love into your life and to be more loving to yourself. So at the base level, that's like the intro explanation of crystal energy that I like to throw out to people that are like, "Well, I don't believe crystals work," and I'm like, "Well, you don't have to."
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: I use it as an intention setting tool. Um, beyond that, there are um, groups of crystals that are piezoelectric, and um, what that what is that? <laughs> um piezoelectricity mm-hmm. I could, I'm not going to try to spell it I talk about it in my new book though but basically um, all crystals in the quartz family which the quartz family is not just clear quartz you've got
0: mm-hmm. um, yeah
1: obviously you've got your rose quartz um citrine amethyst mm-hmm. um, smoky quartz those are all in the quartz family there's a long list I write about all of them in my new book and we will talk about some of them. For yeah. <laughs> um, so piezoelectric electric crystals, when you apply force or heat to them, um, or pressure, they actually create energy, like Ooh. crystals are used in so much of our modern technology, they're used in watches, they're used mm-hmm. in, um, um, oh, what are the machines for, the, are for um, checking the babies?
0: <laughs> oh, uh so, sonogram. sonogram. Or ultrasound. You, ultrasound. <laughs>
1: yeah, 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 thank you. They're used in all, <laughs> sounds, they're used in all so many modern um modern tools that we rely on. Um they're in mm-hmm. our phones. So innate like crystals have this power to create energy. Mm-hmm. Um and especially quartz crystals. You know, the quartz crystals have also been used to store information and store memory, like mm-hmm. Real information and memory. So we talk about programming crystals. Quartz mm-hmm. is where it's at. Like quartz is your master at storing information for programming crystals. So there is science behind, especially for the quartz family. Um, tourmaline is also another another group. Tourmaline isn't in the quartz family, but it's another group that's piezoelectric. electric that um, mm-hmm. that can create energy. So as far as on um, an energetic level, uh, programming crystals and like feeling the energy of crystals, anything in the quartz family or tourmaline, those are going to be, that's where it's at for that mm-hmm. energy. And then the other part of it, like I said, lots of layers when we're talking about crystals, mm-hmm. so that, um, crystals are a perfect structure. So, yeah. and and this goes to this idea of, you know, like really like picking up and feeling the energy of things so if you have a large quartz crystal and it is um it has this perfect structure within it then it's going to radiate out that perfect structure so if you are in alignment with that or you're not in alignment with it it's going to try to um it's going to try to put you in alignment with it basically so crystals being a perfect
0: structure I think that's a uh, an important thing to bring up because the uh essentially like what, what I heard was it's crystalline. So a crystalline structure in its most perfect form. That's the best, the most perfect thing that we can find on earth in that type of alignment energetically. So um, what it emits is like this very, very high vibrational frequency of some sort. So like you said, if you're not in alignment with it, utilizing that crystal either helps bring your body into alignment or you'll be repelled by it in some kind of way. Um, I wear moldavite all the time, which I know is not a crystal, it's a tektite. But similar in nature as far as uh, the vibrational um, structure uh, of of like how how it's kind of uh, emits the energy in that way, Mm -hmm. Um, and so and it resonates with me. But for other people, it makes them sick.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like one that's like it's got a very like high vibration to it, and it's not for everybody. So yeah, I know a lot of other. I know not a lot, but I know some other people that are very spiritual, very into their intuition, and Moldavite is like something that they can wear all the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. It's my jam. Yeah. Um, but for everybody else, if you're just, just getting into the crystal world and just now kind of like, maybe I use this, or maybe you have a couple that are sitting here or there, we're going to talk about crystal care, um, in addition to the crystals and how they align with the chakras. Um, so if you can first, before we talk about care, um, can you talk to me about like, um, If, if, first of all, can you go through the chakra system, tell people what they are in case this is the first episode that they're listening to, and then give us an idea of like each crystal set that might resonate with each chakra. Yes. People can have advice, at least like what to choose.
1: Yeah. Um, so I'll start at the root chakra because that is our foundation and it is so important. And I think in the spiritual community, I'm going to try not to go on a little tangent right now, but (laughs) A lot of times in the spiritual community, the root chakra, it's kind of like viewed as like, Oh, like I want to be in the upper chakras. Like there's no, you know, it's, I don't want to be, low. yeah, it's kind of dismissed. Yeah. And I'm like, the root chakra is our foundation. If you do not have a strong foundation, you cannot build upon anything. You cannot mm-hmm. grow, you cannot access the higher chakras. And I go on and on about this in my new books too, because I think it is so important. Mm-hmm. Um, so the root chakra is your connection to the earth. Um, It is your, your connection to the physical and we are physical beings. Yes, we are spirit beings too, but here on the earth plane, we are physical. So it is so important that we have a strong, firm connection to the physical, to the earth so that we can, you know, rise up from there. That's where our Kundalini energy is stored. If we're looking at it from a yogic perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, So your root chakra, your base, Um, and then up from there, we have the sacral chakra, um, and that's just kind of for women. That's the womb space. Um, men still have a sacral chakra, but I like to, um, say that for women because it's, I feel like it's a really good way to tune into that energy. Is that, yeah. Yeah. For a woman without a womb. I mean, it's still, you have that energy there of that space. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then above that, we have the solar plexus chakra, which is this, this place of fire and energy and transforming within us. And then above that, we have the heart chakra and the heart chakra is a very special one because it's, it's the middle, it's the middle path. And the actual design of the heart chakra is, um, these overlapping triangles that, represent the overlapping energies of male energy and feminine energy so it's this perf this place of perfect balance within the chakra system mm-hmm. and then above that we have the throat chakra and this is where we start to get into the upper chakras so the element of air the element of spirit and then above that we have the third eye chakra right at the brow bone and that's our seat of intuition and then at the very top of our head we have the crown chakra which is our connection to the divine or spirit, or source, or however you want to call that. Um, So that is the the down and dirty version of the chakra system. And if we're talking about crystals to pair with all of these chakras, um, for your root chakra, honestly, because all crystals come from the earth, um, most crystals are going to work. But there are definitely crystals that have an earthier vibration or a more physical vibration to them. Obsidian, in um, mm-hmm. the Jasper family, black tourmaline, smoky quartz, those are some good starting places for um, for the root chakra. The sacral chakra, the element that's associated with it, is water. So any very any stones that have a very watery um, correlation or correspondence to them is good. So I like to pair moonstone with Mm -hmm. the sacral chakra because it's got that lunar um, connection, which associates with water. Mm -hmm. Um, Opal is also good. Carnelian is good. Um, The solar plexus chakra, citrine, but you just have to be careful with citrine because there's a lot of fake, fakie citrine out there. Um, Yeah. Isn't it baked amethyst? Yes. Yes. Most citrine is, is baked amethyst. Uh, uh-huh. I usually know that it's real citrine because it's gonna. It's not gonna be like that um, deep yellow. It's gonna be a very light pale yellow, maybe yeah. it can even look a little bit like smoky quartz.
0: Uh huh.
1: Um, so another good option for the solar plexus is sunstone. Um, another one that's a little bit more expensive, but it's always. It's usually going to be real if you find it, <laughs> um, or yellow jasper, for the solar plexus chakra. For the heart chakra, so many good options. Of course, you've got your rose quartz. Um, moss agate is good. Malachite is really good. Um, oh. Pink tourmaline or green tourmaline are, also, are some good options. Um, and then the throat chakra, all of those blue stones. Aquamarine is of, aquamarine and celestite are two of my favorites for the throat chakra because they're very... Celestite, yeah. Yeah. Celestite one of my favorites favorite, favorite stones to work with. Mm -hmm. Um, But also lapis lazuli, um, Mm -hmm. turquoise, um, sodalite, those are also good options. Mm -hmm. The third eye chakra for your seat of intuition, amethyst, labradorite is one of my favorites for the third eye chakra because Mm -hmm. labradorite is also very protective. So it's very good for doing psychic work. Mm -hmm. Got that protection as well.
0: It's also so pretty.
1: Oh, it's gorgeous. It's I know. So pretty. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and then the crown chakra, my favorite is just quartz because quartz is just your, your master manifest, your master connection stone. It's just like quartz is just pure magic. Yeah. Um, also, um, how light is another really good one for the, for the crown chakra. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's very, it's very soothing and calming and, um, will also help access those upper chakra areas. So, yeah.
0: So that, like, I, I love that you just kind of did like a, like crash course (laughs) uh, for everybody so they can look it up and they can kind of also like ascertain their own, uh, crystals that they've gotten in case they don't know which chakras they go with, because a lot of times people utilize those kind of correlations with their own healing. Like you said, Moonstone with the sacral chakra, which I just found out recently is for sacral chakra. I've been kind of going through a color-coded system. So I've been using carnelian for sacral, citrine for solar, um, you know, some type of like obviously rose quartz, but then my moldavite for heart, you know, those kind of things. Um, For people who are looking to deepen their intuition and or connection to spirit, what are some good uh, crystals that they can utilize for that? And chakras that they're supposed to focus on
1: so anything that has to do with connecting to the divine it's all going to be upper chakras throat chakra third eye chakra crown chakra but like I was saying if you do not if you're not well rooted if your lower chakras are blocked or um, not open then you will not be able to access that upper chakra energy so mm-hmm. really it starts with are your lower chakras in line are you yeah. are you grounded are you rooted? Um once that's in line, then yeah, you're gonna bump up to the upper chakras and focusing on your third eye chakra, especially is gonna be where you can really tap into that intuition. And I share um some good tips for just kind of helping to activate the third eye chakra in my new books. Um one thing that's as simple as just like um placing a couple fingers on the point of your third eye chakra, which is on your brow bone, and massaging it. Um Pineal gland health is a big one. I won't dive too deep into that because that is—I mean, we could talk about. We could I want to know <laughs> a whole podcast about pineal gland health. Well, I do have a really good video on my IGTV all about pineal gland health, and on our blog. But um, there are glands associated or um, with each of the chakras, and for the third eye chakra, the pineal gland or pineal gland—you can you hear it pronounced mm-hmm. both ways—is associated with the third eye chakra. Um, And many people, especially in America, their pineal glands are calcified Mm -hmm. due to our diets, due to fluoridation in the water. Um, So making sure that your pineal gland is cleansed, and active, um, that can be really helpful for making sure that your intuition in your third eye chakra is able to function properly. What are some of those care tactics to be able
0: to do that? Cause I know that for for those of you guys, um, like I'm super into like Egyptian, you know, like background, things like that. And like the eye of Horus and those, the symbologies are always talking about the pineal gland. And then there's a lot of even Bible references and other historical references that speak very specifically about accessing this eye. In yeah. order to get it closer or more knowledge about the beyond, essentially remembering who you are. So I think it might be important to our listeners, just a couple of tips, like yeah. what are things that they can do for pineal gland health? This might be the first time people are even hearing about the pineal gland, yeah. which like they're probably like, what the fuck is that? Like <laughs> it's a gland inside of your brain that essentially helps you access it. It has other functions, like as far as hormones and stuff like that goes, but, um, accessing your, it's essentially what they're referencing to the third eye.
1: Yeah. And just a little tidbit about the pineal gland that I found so fascinating. So it's actually functions much like an eye. It is light sensitive. So, um, Lizards actually have this third eye and it does function much like an eye. So basically it grows in the womb like an eye and then it stops at a certain point. But I just want to share that with you. Cause I just think it's so cool that it uh-huh. actually like started in us as an eye and that's, it controls our circadian rhythms. So uh-huh. that's one of its functions is it is light sensitive and it helps control our circadian rhythms. It helps release melatonin when we need melatonin mm-hmm. released. Um, okay. So just the fact that it, Like it functions like an eye inside our brain. I'm just like, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, A lot of people say it's the
0: metaphysical connection between the physical and the spiritual world. Because a lot of even the scientists, they know that it helps regulate some of those hormones, but it's not even, researchers are not even fully sure of what's its function. Yeah.
1: I know, which is so devastating because like, like I said, so many people have calcified pineal glands and it's like, we don't even know what it does. Like what? Yeah. Um, So the top thing I like to suggest for pineal gland health is regular meditation because Mm -hmm. um, connecting to meditation. And that's why in a lot of meditation practices, there's this practice of looking like when your eyes are closed, you look in and up with your Mm -hmm. eyes. Um, And that is a way to help activate that pineal gland to look in and up at that third eye space. Mm -hmm. Um, So you don't have to hold your eyes like that the entire time you do meditation, doing regular meditation in and of itself will um, be helpful for your pineal gland health. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's also going to help regulate your sleep. Um, So it's, it's got lots of great benefits. Um, And then as far as like foods and different nutrition to help your pineal gland, anything that's like detoxifying, so green leafy vegetables, there's, um, I love the brand Anima Mundi. They have some really good, um, they have like a liver cleanse that it's marketed as for your liver, but um, everything in it is also perfect for detoxifying your pineal gland as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Drink cholera is really good. Yes, yes, yes. All all the algae, the green stuff. Yes, anything like that is going to be really good at de- um, decalcifying the pineal gland. Mm-hmm. Um, and then drinking water that is um, high quality water, non fluoridated water, which if you're living in the United States, your water is fluoridated. So I'll try not to go on too much of a tangent. I know fluoride can be like one of these like hot button issues, you know, but basically filter out fluoride. (laughs) It is tough. Um, so I actually just got a new water filter. Um, I'm like kind of water obsessed. So I'll try not to get on a. Dance. Oh,
0: let's talk about it. See, this is why I don't ever make an outline. Cause I'm like, wherever spirit leads is what we're going to talk about today. <laughs> Cause water is
1: important. Water is so important. And so much of the water we're drinking is just not, um, not at the quality it should be. So fluoridation is one big problem. And you really do have to do your research and find special filters that can help remove the fluoride because fluoride, yes, like putting fluoride on your teeth, it can help prevent cavities, but you do not need to be ingesting fluoride. Like there is documented scientific proof that that is not good for us. So Um, but it is hard to remove it. I bought, um, I just recently acquired a Berkey filter. It's B-E-R-K-E-Y. Um, and they're one of the least expensive, um, filtration devices that, um, you can get an additional filter that helps to filter out the fluoride. Okay. Uh, so that is a good place to start. There are a lot of them on the market. You just have to do your research, but like your general, like Brita filter it is doing nothing. Like it is definitely not. Removing it. <laughs> um, so yeah. And beyond that, like if you have access to spring water, like living spring water that you can like go to a spring and get it, that is going to be your best bet as mm-hmm. far as like high vibrational living water that is going mm-hmm. to like help keep your pineal gland healthy, but your entire body healthy.
0: Yeah. So. I, I love that. That's something I've been leaning to start paying attention to um, because wanting to connect deeper into my own intuition and getting access to messages from beyond. How can I do that better? How can I get even closer? You know, I'm like, dedicated to that. And just to speak to to your point about the grounding thing, um, I've been saying to people on the show that when you're not grounded, it's like, um, you have a computer and you're downloading something from the cloud, but your computer software doesn't work. So there's nowhere for it to go. And so like having access to that, making sure all that's clear and clean. So that way you have the proper hardware to download what's coming from the beyond, you know, um, in that connection,
1: that's a good way to explain it. And that's, thank you.
0: Um, So, so back to crystals. Um, so what are some things that people can do? Cause people have a lot of crystals and they let them hang out, but they don't recognize that some of them need to be cleared. Some of them need to be charged. Some of them don't need that at all. And some people don't know what that means. So <laughs> can we get into crystal care? Let it, let people know like what's necessary for their crystals to be working at optimal frequency.
1: Yes. So, um, I'll start with cleansing first and I do, I want to just kind of pull apart cleansing versus charging. Cause I feel like cleansing and charging get kind of like muddled yeah. together, but they're very, they're two very separate things. Agreed. But cleansing your crystals. That is something you want to do with any and all and every crystal you have. Maybe more than once, maybe very frequently. Mm-hmm. So anytime you acquire new crystals, you do want to cleanse them just because you don't know the path it took to get to you. I mean, and this is a whole other thing, um, crystal ethics. Um, the crystals that I sell are all ethically mined. I have strong mm-hmm. connections with my, with, um, the mine owner, the processing facilities, but if you don't know where your crystals are coming from, like serious harm could have been caused in the acquisition of those crystals or the mm-hmm. cutting and polishing of those crystals. So if you have, a, a some sort of bad feeling associated with a crystal, when you pick it up, that could be why. And that's why, one reason why I really advocate for people to hold um hold sellers accountable that you're buying your crystals from ask them do you know where this came from do you know because that is going to have an effect on the energy of that crystal especially like I said when we're talking about quartz crystals that are like masters at holding information mm-hmm. um so a little tangent aside regardless even if you got your crystal from uh you know you mined it yourself you still want to cleanse it and just make sure um, that it's not holding any any residual energy from anything. And as far as cleansing, there are countless ways to do it. You can hold it in your hands and just ask spirit to remove any energy from it that doesn't need to be there. You can hold it under water. You can put it out in sunlight. There, There's a, a short list of crystals that should not sit in sunlight for elongated periods of time because it can fade them. I list these in my book and on my blog, um, like amethyst, for example, it can fade in sunlight. You mm-hmm. can use... Smoke cleansing, so if you have um, frankincense, resin, or sage smoke that you want to hold the crystal in, Um, so those are some some ways to cleanse your crystals. Mm -hmm. Um, Charging, that is when you are infusing a very particular kind of energy into your crystals, Um, And one thing I want to squash right away, because I hear people, and I see this on Instagram all the time, people are like, I put all my crystals under the full moon. I'm like, well, do you want all of your crystals to have the energy of the full moon? Like, Hmm. you might not want that because each moon phase has a very specific energy and the way you're using your crystals are all for very specific purposes. So it's important to be mindful with how, like the method that you're using to charge your crystals. So for example, if you want to charge a crystal with um, an energy that's going to help you manifest something or um, accomplish a goal, you know, a very like active energy, you probably want to charge it in the sun or you want to charge it during the waxing moon, during that growth phase of the moon. Um, Mm -hmm. Vice versa, if you're um, charge, if you want to work with a crystal to help you sleep at night, you probably don't want to charge it under the full moon. (laughs) You might want to try by like charging it with some earth energy, like burying it in the earth, holding it in your hands and impressing upon it, the energy that you want with it, or maybe under the dark moon, which is a very restful phase of the moon. Um,
0: I saw a bunch of friends trying to put their crystals out for the last past moon. And I was like, no, we just had this lunar eclipse. Like there's all energies that are coming through that you don't want to necessarily imprint on those stones.
1: And they were like, what? Yeah definitely for eclipses. Like I saw some of that online too. And I was just, I just wanted to like make a PSA and now be like, do not put your crystals out. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's
0: really like a delicate process of playing with energies. It's a lot more, it's a lot more intense than we think. it is.
1: Well, I was just going to say, I mean, fortunately I think for you and I, like, because I just from listening to your podcast, I know that you feel energy very Mm -hmm. strongly. Like I do. So yeah. For me, yeah, like if I put all my crystals out under the full moon, I would be like, ugh. No. Crystals. <laughs> <laughs> you do not have the energy that I need right now. Yeah. Um, but not everybody feels energy in that way. Not everybody has that clear sentience, which is the ability to feel energy. So even though it might be affecting people, they may not feel it, which might be why. Um, yeah. Not yeah. that's sensitive to that. So I know I get a lot
0: of questions of people They're always asking, what are the best crystals for intuition? And like you said earlier, you touched on it and saying, like, if you're not in that lower chakra grounding, you can't really access that in the first place. But if they have done the grounding, what are are the best, your top four crystals that uh, aid in intuition and getting messages from
1: beyond? Uh, Labradorite, Mm -hmm. Amethyst, Quartz, Celestite. It's hard to narrow it down to four. Is there more? Keep going. <laughs> Light apophyllite, apophyllite is another good one. Mm-hmm. I think those are probably as far as like which the ones that I use. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones that I use the most frequently, and what I will usually do is pair it with a very grounding stone. So if I am doing, um, if I know that I'm going to do some, um, you know, very deep spiritual work, I'm going to be communing with spirit. I'm going to do journey work or something like that. I will usually have a quartz and I will also have a black tourmaline. Like I will have that balance because, um, I know that it's important. Like I want that protection and I want that connection to spirit, but I also want that, that grounding force to like pull me back in when I need to get pulled back to Mm -hmm. physical reality. Um, so I'm a big, um, a big proponent of having both, having the grounding stone present and having that higher vibrational stone present. You guys, this is like recipes. <laughs> it is. Oh my gosh, it is. I, I'm super into correspondences and like corresponding energies, and um, and that's kind of the way I view energy and like spell work and magic. It's all like, it's all layered energy, and it's mm-hmm. like recipes.
0: Yes. We're moving into that. Like it's perfect segue. I love when that happens Um, because I wanted to start talking about magic. Now you do stuff with spells and rituals and like magic with a K what makes magic with a K different than regular magic.
1: So, um, Magic with a C, it's fine, you can use that. I mean, this is really just personal preference and I'm just kind of a witchy snob, I guess. (laughs) Magic with a C is just like, oh, I'm gonna pull a rabbit out of a hat and do a card trick. That's like magic with a C. Magic with a K is spell work. That's intentional um, magic work of like trying to change reality by performing a spell.
0: Now, there are a lot of people who um, have an aversion to the word witch because we live in this hyper Judeo-Christian country. Um, and so there's some kind of associations with it that this is dark and this is bad. Um, but the same way that there are good politicians, no, there's no good politicians, but like the <laughs> same way that they're good people and they're bad people. And um, I'm joking, guys. Um, there, are, there are what's considered uh, white and or light magic and then dark magic or red magic. And there's all different kinds of variations to that. Um, so maybe you can just give like, kind of a, like you did earlier, like a drop course in magic and spell work.
1: Yeah. So magic work, um, for me, it all goes back to the phrase as above, so below. Mm -hmm. And what that means is that everything that's in the macro Oh, I'm going to say it backwards. Everything that's in the micro is also in the macro. Everything that's within you is also outside of you. So if you're trying to make something um, come to life, if you're trying to manifest something and trying to make something happen, you want to have that happen internalized and within you. And by performing magic work, it's helping you internalize that and come to life in the macro. So as above, so below, as within, so without, if you make it so within, it's going to come out outside of you as well. Um, and as far as like, like I was saying about the correspondences, that's a very, um, that's a term that's used a lot in witchcraft. Mm -hmm. And like I said, to me, the way I understand correspondences, it's, um, energies that play well together. So Mm -hmm. for example, all of the chakras and the crystals that I listed, those are energies that play well together. So the heart chakra Mm -hmm. corresponds to uh, rose quartz, while it also corresponds to a pink candle or a green candle. Um, Mm -hmm. It also corresponds to the element of air. So all of these, you know, so you can, when you're doing spell work, you're just layering all of these different energies. So if I'm trying to, like I said, manifest love, one thing I might do is I'll light my pink candle, I'll hold that candle and infuse it with the energy of love that I'm trying to bring into my life. I might put a grid of heart chakra crystals around it. I might put a drawing or a symbol or a logo of the heart chakra. So I'm just layering all of those different energies in to bring about what it is that I'm trying to manifest in my life.
0: So spellwork could be akin to a type of manifestation ritual? Yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like when people in traditional sense, people think of like, I'm going to cast a spell on you, like a curse or something like that. That's not what you're talking about. More so of like the ability of layering energies to be able to manifest some type of outcome. Can those outcomes that you're trying to manifest affect other people? Can you sp- do spell work on others' behalfs and or to them?
1: Um, my understanding and in my practice, um, because we all have free will, mm-hmm. I do not believe that my spell work is going to affect people. There are probably other practicing witches that might, that feel otherwise. Um, But as my understanding and my personal belief and the way that I practice is that it's just, it's affecting my, my energy Mm -hmm. and, um, but not affecting other people. Cause you gotta, I mean, karma is a part of this too. If you were trying to send some, you know, bad energy to somebody, or if you're not even bad energy, if you're trying to like force somebody you have a crush on to love you back, but they don't like that is going to come back in a form of karma back to you. Like, Mm -hmm. um, it's just not, that's not how magic works. We all have free will. Um, so I don't like, even on my blog, I have a whole blog post about like the only four love spells you'll ever need. None of them are about like getting somebody to love you All. Love spells I share—they're all about creating self-love. It's all; they're all spells for loving your body, loving your emotion, loving yourself where you're at. Like they're all about loving yourself because that is how, for me, that's how the real spell work happens. When I learn how to love myself, then people are naturally attracted to me because Mm -hmm. I love myself and I radiate that love, and people want to be near me, and I attract people that are on that same frequency as me. So, I mean, I guess it could seem like, you know, by doing that spell work of love, I, I am changing other people, but I'm not really, I'm just changing my own energy. I'm changing my own frequency. And that is inherently making the kind of people that I want in my life come to me.
0: That's why like a lot of times when people have this association with the word, witch, like, Oh, it's witchy it's this, or you know, whatever it's like, no, like these are people that just like leaves and crystals and shit, you know, like, it's just, there was a meme that I saw that says, uh, what, what christians think witches are doing and it's like this person that looks evil casting a spell and then the other one is like what they're actually doing and the guy is like laying on this giant leaf and he's like i just like a good leaf you know <laughs> so there's there's this understanding of like okay being able to utilize what we consider magic is just essentially the layering of energies in, into our our mode of manifestation through ritual Um, And we just aired an episode where we talked about rituals and things. And like, we all have those routines of stuff that we do every day that would be considered rituals. But when we get together and and we want to talk about manifestation, there are, there are ways to get into that energy field in order to put yourself in that frequency and basically that's, that's what you're doing. Um, spell work can be through words, be through actions, could be through, you know, you could be like Harry Potter and say Patronus or whatever. I don't know. You know, it's the intention, like you said, behind whatever it is that you're trying to manifest. I've seen people who have like crystal wands and they program them. Um, and so the idea is, is that you're setting an intention into this crystalline structure that allows the energy to, it's like an amplifier almost
1: like a booster, right? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And it all goes back to that, the intentionality behind it too, because that's where, you know, for me, it's like the more you layer into a spell, the more energy you put into the spell, the more you're aligning your personal energy with, with what it is that you want. So Mm -hmm. even though like we use this word magic, but to me, it's not even like magic. It's just like, it's just like, of course, like if I am like spending all this time and energy, like focusing what it is that I want to bring into my life or what it is I want to put out into the world um, like that's going to become more and more my reality like it's Mm -hmm. just like I'm just like yeah of course like it's not magic it's just like yeah if I focus my energy on this and I take the actions and I have my altar set up with all of these reminders that I see every day then I'm going to be like oh yeah this is what I'm focusing on this is the energy I'm trying to bring into my life like I'm going to keep acting in accordance with what it is that I'm working towards.
0: Yeah. Now you mentioned altar several times. So maybe um, you can explain to our listeners what an altar is and what purpose it serves.
1: Oh my gosh. I love, yeah, I'm a big fan of altars. I have several altars at work and at home. They are so, there are many different purposes. So I always have a personal altar, like for my, like I said, anything that I'm working on personally personally. A lot of times I change my altars with the seasons. I, um, I follow the wheel of the year. So every time a new Sabbath rolls around, like, for example, we just had um, Litha or the summer solstice. So I, I updated my altar accordingly, and then we'll have another one coming up soon and I'll change it again. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so that's my personal altar, but I have other altars at home um, for uh, loved ones that have died. Mm -hmm. And those altars, it's more about having a sacred container for those, those loved ones that have passed on and for my, um, my emotion and energies about them. Mm -hmm. Um, It's been a huge part of my healing process. um, As far as people that I've lost in my life, I lost my dad and my grandma within a month of each other. Wow, I'm sorry I, go thank you um so that that altar space that I created for them when I was in the the depths of that healing process of that grief process um that was where I could hold my anger, where I could hold my sadness, so I didn't have to carry it around with me all day mm-hmm. every day. I would spend time with that altar and I would say okay my my sadness, my anger, my rage, my confusion it's here in this sacred space of this altar. And I would even, you know, kind of visualize me putting it into a little capsule, a little container and placing it on that altar. So altars can be a very powerful healing tool of holding space for things or any kind of shadow work that we're we don't want to carry around with us all day, all the time that we know we can, we just need to tap into it and tune into it. Um, when it's, when it's the time that's right for us. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's another way to use an altar. So any kind of grief, um, healing shadow work, um, is a really good purpose for an altar, but, um, I
0: shockingly don't have one.
1: Oh, you got it. You got it. You got to get an altar going. I've got some really cute ones coming to my shop soon of these little card holders that are like portable altars.
0: Very I, wanna, about it. I need to see some good examples of one because I ha- used to have a room in my old apartment that I dedicated just to like my crystals and meditation and stuff. And I don't have that room in my new place anymore. I have a, like on my balcony, I, I have like my Buddha and my crystal sitting out there too. Um, and then like, but my grandma is someone who is very close to me in, uh, in the beyond. And so I do feel her a lot or whatever. So I have a picture of her. I'm like, I need to get more of that stuff kind of put together. I do feel that draw to put a space like that in my home. I just haven't done it, but, um, anyway, so to segue, um, out of altars. So like we utilize these crystals to, to line up with our chakras and utilize them in a ritualistic, even kind of way in order to essentially, uh, produce magic in our lives. Um, now, when we talk about, uh, that's, that's in practice and what we're utilizing and using, but when people talk about auras, and we talk about the energy that we're emitting, even after we've done our chakra practice and we've done our grounding and we've used our healing crystals and we've prayed to our altar. So like, um, <laughs> we go out into the world and we have this energy that's about us. Like there's certain people whose auras, I can't see auras, but I can feel them for sure. Like I can walk into someone's energy space and go, whoop, mm, you know, cause I'm clairsentient, um, as our aura something that you can see. And then like, maybe tell people first what auras actually are, and then we can get into that.
1: Yeah, auras are, there's like you said, they're the energy field that surround us. So auras are actually connected to the chakra system, and that's the chakra system is what kind of emits the aura and dictates the colors that are in the aura and the way the aura looks. So you can think of your um, energy system just like you would your circulatory system. It's this big connected system. So you've got um, energy channels within your body that are connected to your chakras, and then your chakras are connected to your aura. So it's just like as above, so below, it all Mm -hmm. connects, it all, um, they all dictate the way each other look um, and feel. So that is what an aura is, this energy field around us, each of us. And as far as seeing auras, I, I can see auras, but it's not something that come, it's come with a lot of practice. And I don't like, if I'm like, walking around I don't I'm not like oh hey that person's got a blue aura that person's got a green (laughs) like seeing colors everywhere there are people that can see auras like that Mm -hmm. most people we've been trained to unlearn that ability and it takes a lot of relearning to get it back so for me to see auras it takes you know somebody standing in front of a, you know, a neutral wall, or sometimes when I have people in my shop and if anybody who comes to my shop is listening to this, you will now know this, but <laughs> I will usually try to look at their aura. Um, but yeah, my natural, um, clear is clear sentience. So I also, I feel energy. So I'm the same way. Mm-hmm. I, if I get close to you, your energy, like I'm going to feel it. Um, so that is, that is another common way that people you know yeah people yeah is
0: so what's the what is the function of the aura and why is it important for us to know about it um what are some kind of highlights of the book that you wrote about it that are important for people to know
1: yeah so your aura that is your first introduction to when you meet people so like you said when you if you've ever like met somebody for the first time and you feel automatically like connected to them or automatically repelled by them like that is your aura that's like your first handshake and I think that it's a it's a powerful tool that so many of us like we don't listen to it um I mean hopefully I think a lot of people on your listening to your podcast probably do listen to it but hopefully (laughs) yeah but those sensations—that that is your aura giving you information about your surroundings, and you can pick up information on spaces and houses too. Like it's not just people that your aura will be able to sense information from. Um, also, everybody comes into the world with one or two primary aura colors. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and these are the aura colors you usually have with you through a lifetime. Um, and your aura is constantly changing, but you're always going to have these one or two kind of foundational base colors. Um, and I like to, it's similar to astrology. So, like you have your birth chart, your sun sign, your moon sign. Um, yeah. It's like that. You have this foundation that you're born with of, you know, this aura color. And I share a lot of different techniques and tools in my book about auras of how to um, discover what your aura colors are, what that means, how to work with it, what you can learn from it. Um, mm-hmm. So it is, you can use it as a learning tool as well, just like you would astrology to learn more about yourself and what your purpose is here.
0: Um, cool.
1: sorry, sorry. thing is just energy protection. That is a huge part of the aura. You can use your aura to help shield and protect your energy so that you're not picking everything up, especially if you identify as an empath.
0: Mm-hmm. Is that like when people, when they say when we're guarding our energy and we visualize the white light bubble around us, it's essentially like putting protection in our aura to bounce other people's bullshit off of us.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, so there's like there's that 311 song where like, whoa, amber is the color of your energy. And I was talking to that um, talking to my friend about that, and I was like, you know, he's talking about the sacral chakra it's like it's a very sexy like song according to the energy that he's
1: I was a huge 311 fan when I was young. now I want to like go back and listen to it with fresh ears
0: <laughs> yeah like I mean I haven't I don't even actually know what the real lyrics are or like the rest of the song but I was like he's that's an innuendo almost like like amber is the color of your energy if you're talking about the sacred chakra, you're talking about six <laughs> So, seeing the meaning behind it. Um, so, with connecting all of these things, I love it. Like, so today, we're, can you tell people about your books that are coming out here soon?
1: Yeah. So, I have three new books. They're a series that's Understanding the Zendout Guide to Understanding Chakras, Auras, and Crystals. So, three different books, and they're coming out um, mid September. I think a little bit earlier for people in Australia and you can order them uh, Barnes and Noble pre-order them at barnesandnobles.com, amazon.com, booksamillion.com. If you go to my website, you can find lots of different links to order them. Um, if you're in Canada, Australia, UK, um, and they all have some really great pre-order gifts that come with them too. So if you do pre-order, you can grab, um, a free aura cleanse meditation from me, uh, chakra balancing meditation. And then I've got a bunch That's of all things- the stuff. Yeah. I've got a bunch of like printable cards you can print out for like working with your auras, like a little Oracle card set. So all kinds of great, um, pre-order gifts. If you grab those before they come out mid September.
0: Nice. I love the connection between all of those things because it is, especially for people who are just getting into like beyond just the idea of spirituality, but they want to start to play. Yeah. Um, those were a lot of the the fun things for me. I was always really drawn to crystals anyway. Um, so having them, I have a shit ton of them in my house. Um, it's kind of a problem. Like, <laughs> I finally stopped buying a bunch of them once I got the moldavite because I stopped being able to feel them once I was able to connect to a, a crystal that was so high vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wasn't able to feel the lower ones anymore. But like, I still have to keep them in my house. Like, uh, selenite is one we didn't mention. Um, that is one of my favorites to have in the home, just because it's very cleansing and clearing. It's got like a soft, very peaceful energy. Um, I have a lot of amethysts in the house, like some geodes and some like very large pieces, um, just bring in that higher intuition. But to me, amethyst, rose quartz, uh, selenite, they all have a very soft feeling like in their waveform. Um, They don't feel too obtrusive. I do have some smoky quartz in here as well. So like the quartz family on those levels feel very serene to me and have like a very peaceful energy. Um, Some of the more grounding stones, I actually don't resonate with. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't have a lot of like red stones. I have a few jaspers and sunstones and things like that. But um, for some reason in my home, they don't feel good. I can utilize them when I'm like doing different practices or different meditations, but not like as as a staple for how I want to feel yeah if that yeah. makes
1: sense no that makes sense yeah, yeah I, not- I have rules about what crystals can be in my bedroom and
0: <laughs> yeah no because it's a <laughs> thing it's a very real thing because the idea of like what like only I only have selenite in there and then I have a couple of lumerian quartzes in there um it seems like very would you say
1: have you worked with shungite before
0: so I had a shungite bracelet and as soon as I bought it I lost it oh. and I thought that meant something <laughs> <laughs> but shungite is a, a huge protector of like EMF and other things, right? Waveform it's
1: like grounding too. But for me, it's like it's almost like a good balance of like high vibrational grounding, of which I don't know if that makes sense. But it's just yes. it can line all the chakras. Um, so it might be uh, like an earthier grounding stone that mm-hmm. that you like.
0: Yeah, because I feel like a lot of the grounding ones that I've used, I've just I feel like my my vibrational body doesn't like it yeah. or. I don't know if I'm just like, I've worked with too many of that, the very high vibe ones that I just don't resonate with them anymore. I don't know if that's a thing. Um, but something to look at
1: like attracts like, um, so that's what i was saying about being a frequency match. So if you are like very, if you're, you know, very much aligned with your higher chakras and that, that higher vibration, then yeah, like you're going to literally repel mm-hmm. some of those lower vibrational crystals. Um, yeah. Yeah.
0: But like, the thing is, is that when we talk low vibration, high vibration, we're just talking about frequency resonance, not necessarily like this is an evil stone. <laughs> or like yeah.
1: And like low, like I was saying, like, yeah, there's definitely, there's a negative connotation to low vibrational and there doesn't mm-hmm. need to be, because like I was saying about the root chakra, like those are, once we get into the lower chakras, they are denser and heavier mm-hmm. and can be called lower vibrational, but that doesn't mean that they're not valuable. They are, like I was saying, they're integral to spiritual growth. Like if you did not have, if you didn't have proper rooting, proper earthing, like proper grounding, you would not be able to access the higher chakras that you access. So right. you can't have one without the other. So definitely right. not lower in a sense of not as good. It's just, yeah. I need I, to clarify I, I can, that. I swap that word out and find a different yeah. Yeah, There's
0: a frequency. So if you think about frequency and waveforms, like when something is really high frequency, it has a lot of those poke, those points, Um, the up and down, up and down, up and down, faster, higher points. But when something is lower vibrational, it has a lot more wave in between. There's more space in between the waves and they're not as pointy. So that's kind of what we're talking about. It's like the difference between ice and water, maybe the density of ice is different than the density of water. It's the same
1: vapor yeah right yeah
0: exactly steam yeah. could a different variation of that so it's just that which that matter vibrates that it, it changes its frequency so um just wanted to clarify that so people didn't think you know because a lot of people were like high vibes and they think then that the lower vibrational stones or the denser vibrational stones don't have as much value which isn't true
1: yeah yeah that's a good way i should just swap that word out for dense denser
0: Yeah. I need to get the Moonstone. That's been on my mind. You mentioned it and I'm like, yeah, I need to go get some of that now. Um, Okay, great. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I feel, I love that it was very informational. And I think a lot of our listeners will love that it was kind of this crash course. Um, Cassie is clearly uh, an expert and has been in this field for quite some time. Um, So can you tell everybody where to find you and where, I mean, you did, you did speak on your book earlier, but like, where can they uh, find you on your list and stuff?
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. So you can find me at zendout.com. And I do have a, couple, I have a couple of self-published books and a self-published Oracle card deck that you can get now if you don't want to wait for my new books to come out. And then you can find me at zendout on Instagram where I'm very active as well. So those are the best places to find me and come hang out
0: awesome well thank you so much for being on the show guys like i think it's so cool for us like especially those of us who are just now discovering our spirituality um ways in which we can play with it and ways that we can boost it um i always think of crystals as like a wi-fi booster or something that's like you already have the what's inside of you to be able to connect to those things but uh crystals is because of their crystalline structure can allow for us to connect to connect better, can allow for us to heal faster, can allow for us to feel better. Just like having those around, um, understanding the chakra system is a great way to layer that energy to play with the, did you call it correspondence?
1: Yes. Correspondence. The
0: correspondence between the two and how they play together and to, to essentially like, uh, acclimate your body towards a certain type of manifestation, those rituals and magic that we talked about um, to get outside of yourself and outside of your fears and get curious about what you could play with and do to manifest your, a new reality for yourself or even healing for that matter. So uh, thank you for listening to the show. If you like this episode, please share it with someone that you love and we will see you in the next episode. Bye. Interested in becoming a client for energy coaching? Find me at www.thelovelyalea.com to read more about what I do or hit me up on IG at the lovely for daily content and inspiration.